The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Tuesday, February 20th in Hong Kong, Monday, February 19th in New York. And coming up today... The world's biggest miner, BHP, has cut its dividend after China's slowdown drove down BHP's profit. Top Chinese scientists sketch out plans to circumvent U.S. chip sanctions for the first time. And Hong Kong outlines a plan to allow retail investors to trade crypto coins. Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine, China publishes report on what it says is the U.S. plan to dominate global public opinion. Turkey hit by another large quake. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Very interesting to take a look at BHP Group here, the world's biggest miner. It is slashing its dividend. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Rashad Salamat. BHP will pay out 90 cents per share. That's down from last year's record of $1.50. This comes as BHP commodities like iron ore and copper slumped during the second half of the year. This drove a decline in BHP's half-year profit. Prices were impacted by China's economic slowdown and hawkish policy from central banks. The world's mining giants have also been hurt by cost inflation on energy, labor, and other inputs. Even so, BHP CEO Mike Henry says he's positive about demand looking ahead. Henry saying he's expecting strength activity in China to be a major driver. In Hong Kong, I'm Rashad Salamat, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. We go to China next, where some of the country's top scientists have outlined a plan to circumvent U.S. sanctions on semiconductors. That story from Bloomberg's Annabelle Droolers. Senior academics Luo Junwei and Li Shunshen say Beijing should gather patents that govern the next generation of chipmaking. The patents would run from novel materials to new techniques. The scientists contributed their comments to the Chinese Academy of Sciences. The article offers a rare glimpse into how Beijing approaches hostilities from the US over semiconductors. It also hints at how Beijing might react in the future. So far, Chinese officials have refrained from discussing countermeasures to US actions, reportedly even in closed-door meetings. In Hong Kong, I'm Annabelle Droolers, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Hong Kong is taking a major step toward its goal of becoming a crypto hub. That story from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann. 
Hong Kong has outlined a plan to let retail investors trade larger digital tokens on exchanges licensed by the Securities and Futures Commission. In a consultation paper, the regulator said safeguards such as knowledge tests, risk profiles, and reasonable limits on exposure will be put in place. A consultation period on virtual asset trading regulation has begun and will end on March 31st. The objective is to allow retail trading in the new licensing regime for crypto exchanges due on June 1st. We hear Bitcoin and Ether, the two biggest digital assets by market value, are likely to be listed by Hong Kong platforms. I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, in the U.S., a federal regulator has asked Tesla for more information about one of its vehicles being involved in a fatal crash in the San Francisco Bay Area. We have more from Bloomberg's Scott Carr. The U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration reached out to Tesla after the incident in Contra Costa County this weekend. County fire officials say a Tesla hit one of its trucks that was blocking lanes while responding to an earlier accident. It's not clear whether the driver who was pronounced dead at the scene was using the Tesla's autopilot feature. The NHTSA, or NHTSA, has spent the last 18 months investigating how Tesla's autopilot system handles crash scenes. It has two active investigations into possible autopilot defects. Last week, Tesla recalled almost 363,000 cars that have full self-driving beta software installed. The company says in its recall notice the feature could violate traffic laws before drivers are able to intervene. I'm Scott Carr, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Home Depot to Walmart, the biggest U.S. retailers are about to grab the earnings spotlight. The story from Bloomberg's Susanna Palmer. The results this week will provide investors with crucial insight into consumer demand, the path of economic growth, and corporate America's profitability. The group doesn't have nearly the influence of big tech in terms of sway over the broader market. But the companies will be closely watched as consumer discretionary shares are the year's top performing cohort in the S&P 500 index. This after getting battered in 2022 on rising inflation and swollen inventories. Susanna Palmer, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Brian Curtis and Doug Krisner, Paul Allen coming up shortly. And we'll get to our guest Chuck Camello in a few moments from Essex Financial Services. Doug, the BHP story is kind of interesting in that it might it might be a, a microcosm of what's happening with the global economy. Dismal second half last year, profits down 32%. China was more or less closed. The central banks were obviously quite aggressive. And commodity prices uh, dropped. You know, we still have a, a, a bear market in commodities, down 22%, the Bloomberg Commodity Index uh, from last summer. Uh, but now China has reopened, and that changes everything. Uh, and it's just it's just curious. We don't know how soon this will happen, but does that restoke optimism and growth? Perhaps, but you have to look at the inflation component of what BHP is saying. They're dealing with rising cost. And Brian, I was struck by what Ed Yardeni of Yardeni Research is saying. He's got a 40% chance of a soft landing in the U.S. I was struck by that. Yardeni saying that basically in this scenario, inflation moderates, which at this point seems hard to believe. Treasury bond yields remain below last year peak. And get this, the S&P 500 ends the year at a new high. Yeah, and he's widely followed, obviously, Doug. Um, it's a real conundrum here. Um, even though growth looks a little better based on the data we've seen of late, it looks like it'll be interest rates higher for longer. There's no denying that uh, inflation is serving as very sticky. And as mentioned, we'll put that to Chuck uh, Camello coming up. Now it's time for Global News. 
U.S. President Joe Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine is in the hopes of rallying new pledges of help from European allies for Ukraine. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's a look forward, Brian. You're right. Historic trip to mark one year of Russian invasion and a meet with President Volodymyr Zelensky. One year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you, and the world stands with you. Saying Ukraine has captured a part of his heart, and he said Russia cannot be allowed to even win, try to win the war. Young, talented Russians are fleeing by the tens of thousands, not wanting to come back to Russia. Yeah, Zelensky addressed the gathering, saying that he extended words of gratitude personally to President Biden and to his team, to Congress, and to all U.S. people. Biden promised an additional $60 million in military aid, and in Poland, we'll meet with Eastern European leaders to make sure they're all on the same page. Now, there is a large list of comments and responses today. In an interview with South China Morning Post, Zelensky warned China of becoming allies with Russia against Ukraine, saying it would bring on a world war. And the EU's Joseph Borrell says that China Councillor Wang Yi in their meeting said Wang told him that China has no plans to arm Russia and that it will convince the world it is a neutral actor and wants to broker peace. Xinhua, meanwhile, has published a 4,000-word piece criticizing the U.S. on everything from war policy to culture and saying it will write a plan for peace, the article called U.S. Hegemony and Its Perils. Wang's next stop is Russia. The Kremlin says a meeting with President Vladimir Putin has not been excluded. Now, this leads U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken to repeat the warning about bringing lethal weapons in to help Russia in the war. China uh, understands uh, what's, uh, what's at risk were to proceed with providing material support of that kind to uh, to Russia. And Blinken says the concerns are real. And in response, China's foreign ministry spokesman, Wan Wenbin, saying that China won't accept any finger pointing from the U.S. over its relations with Russia. Turkey's been hit by a new 6.4 magnitude earthquake today. It has killed three people, injured more than 200 in the same area that was devastated two weeks ago. U.S. Secretary of State Blinken in Turkey surveying the damage there by helicopter. The United States is here to support you in your time of need, and we will be by your side for as long as it takes to recover and to rebuild. Uh, pledging another $100 million aid package. And the Philippines and U.S. will discuss joint Coast Guard patrols in the South China Sea. Reuters report says China's aggressive stance in the area needs to be monitored. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, 
It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Paul Allen, and our guest is Chuck Cumello, President and CEO at Essex Financial Services. Chuck, how do you see the balance of risk shifting here, where it looks like inflation will stay stay sticky, rates will stay up for a while, but then growth will, will be stronger as well? Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, listen, it's, we're, we're in a really interesting time. And just when the market was almost trying to convince itself that the thought that the Fed may pause or even cut, I think this month, which February, which you know is the shortest month of the year, but it's certainly punching above its weight in terms of economic and financial data that we're getting this month. Um, the data this month certainly puts uh, a lot of cold water on that argument. And I think it will, and we've already seen the market react to the employment number CPI, PPI, retail sales, et cetera. Uh, I think we're in for a more volatile ride, and I think the market is finally waking up to rates are going to stay long, higher for longer. Maybe we get a pause, but I don't think it cut anytime soon. We had some commentary from Mohammed Al Aryan, uh, Chief Economic Advisor at Allianz. He's also a Bloomberg Opinion columnist, but he was saying that this 2% inflation target for the Fed just isn't realistic, that it's going to crush the economy. Do, does that need to be revisited in your view? Yeah, I saw. I was reading something today, and it said three percent might be the new two percent. Um, and you know, getting getting from peak inflation from where we were um, to this, you know, six point four, um, you know, number that we're at right now, give or take, getting from that, you know, so that that might be the more easiest move, if you if you will, not certainly pain free by any stretch, but getting from six and change down to two, that's that's painful. And I think the Fed at some point, especially if you start to see the impact to the jobs and employment situations in the United States, I think they may need to sort of revisit that and potentially, uh, again, three is the new two, you, you call it a win and you move on. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where you you don't actually change the target, but you just kind of <laughs> quietly adjust to it, I suppose. Uh, one thing I'm curious about, Chuck, that doesn't seem to fit for me is that <clears throat> I understand that retail sales look buoyant, partially because inventories were high and, and retailers cut their prices. But if they cut their prices, then why did inflation pop up? So is inflation not seasonal and sales are or what? Yeah, well, so I, the, the inflation number... Well, two things. One, the January retail sales number, there can be, there's a lot of noise in that number. And I, I don't think you're going to see February be anywhere near what January was due to some timing factors and, um, you know, especially money that uh, people had um, not spent in December, but then pushed things into January. But inflation, you know, listen, it, it's the Fed raising rates has certainly impacted anything that needs to be financed. Cars, houses, you see that, you see that across the economy, but it hasn't really hurt services. And wage inflation, even with this last number, came down a little bit, but still persistently high. So, you know, inflation is going to be very sticky, and that's why the Fed is going to have such a hard job of trying to drive it down from here, which goes back to the last point about is 2% even realistic with given what the market is dealing with, what the economy is dealing with. And there certainly are enough factors at play that you could make the argument that, again, 2 is not realistic Inflation is going to be with us longer. And the Fed got us into this, and they're going to have to get us out. And that's why you're seeing, hearing more hawkish tones coming out. And it's why the market is going to react and has already started to react to this. this you know, I don't even call it a new reality, but just the reality that rates are going to be higher and we're going to have to, the market's going to have to adjust. Yeah. Has the market reacted, though? We've got the S&P up six and a quarter percent so far this year, despite all of that hawkish rhetoric. Is this a bit of a game of chicken being played here? I think I think a little bit of one, right? I mean, I think you've already you've certainly seen a nice bounce, right, in the S and P. I think it's sixteen percent off its lows. Close Friday up six and a quarter, let's call it. Um, and and there is again that optimism um, that started the year off with, hey, maybe we're going to get that pause or a, or a cut later in the year. Again, I I think you're going to enter into a new volatile stretch here. And look, we haven't even talked about the debt ceiling coming up in June, which is, you know, one of the biggest things we're starting to hear from clients. So I think, again, we're going to be in for a volatile stretch here. Um, and I, I think coming off of Q4 that was so, so ugly, and there was a tremendous amount of tax loss selling, especially in Q4, you've seen this nat- you've seen this bounce. And I think there's always sort of a natural optimism to a new year, and especially after the midterm elections being over. Um, but, you know, we're running into the, the cold, hard phase of reality, which is higher rates and an inflationary environment, and that is a really hard wall for the market to climb. Yeah, everything you outlined there is uh, perhaps to um, wind down equities a little, I suppose, or to rationalize a bit. Uh, you like bonds here, so how, how would you tinker with your portfolio as, uh, you know, as it relates to this latest news? Yeah, well, well, bonds have you know have gotten more interesting at these higher at these higher rates. I mean, with equities, uh, you, again, you have seen a nice run up on the, in some of the growth areas. So, starting to take advantage of that little pop and trim a little bit there, especially if you haven't already done so, adding more to the value side of someone's portfolio. And with fixed income, you know, we're we're up a, you know one call it one and a quarter on the ag so far this year. And I was looking at my screen today, and, and pretty much fixed income anywhere in bond, mutual fund, or ETF land is up anywhere from, call it, 1% to 3%, um, not including high yield. But the biggest change there, quite honestly, is you don't have to get too, fan- get too fancy in fixed income when Treasury bills are paying, you know, 4.5%, and money yeah. markets are paying 4%. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio.